Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our series on promises, and I am joined by not two, but three special guests. Jose, you want to tell us who our special yeah. guests are? This Good morning, morning, Taylor. I'm excited for this conversation with our friends from Ada, Serbia, Attila, and Bea. Hello. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast. I'm uh, excited to talk more about these verses, this promise that God gave to Abraham to bless him. Jumping in. I am jumping in and uh, to talk about the implications in your lives and then also what you guys think about the text. Yeah, Jose, your message titled God of Blessing. We'd love to look at, uh, we'd love to hear first your thoughts on kind of what did God show you as you're preparing? Why why did you choose this promise? And then what's so significant about it? Well, chronologically, we're going in order. So we started in Genesis and we looked at the, the fall and then God's promise to crush the serpent's head. That's the devil. When Jesus, the offspring of Eve, uh, would come and save us, would give us victory over death. And then the second week we talked about the promise that God made to Noah to not destroy the earth and to bring about uh, a new start to humanity. And the symbol was the rainbow. And now this morning, the next story is Abraham. So God blesses Abraham. And I think what stood out to me, I shared this during the message, that God's not giving up. <laughs> He's not giving up on, on his creation. And, and that to me is Again, our verse is that we are unfaithful, but God remains faithful. So he continues to promise blessing to uh, humanity that is unfaithful. Yeah. Hollis, would love to hear your thoughts on this particular passage that we looked at in Genesis 12 and just this even this concept of going back and remembering God's covenants, God's promises mm-hmm. to us as his people. It just brings into my mind how God is faithful throughout generations. So if one generation starts to follow God, he will be faithful and he's so he will be a blessing. He will bless the next generation and, and the generation after that. So he's like the God of generations above all. And he's like, uh, I will bless your offspring. Yeah. God is so generous, God. And uh, we just, uh, we, see, we see that through the scriptures that uh, actually God choose to bless Abraham. That's right. And that's something special. Mm-hmm. And uh, because God choose to bless Abraham, uh, the, uh, he blessed him to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. So that's something special. Yeah. And again, that word chose. Yeah. Abraham didn't earn it. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't do anything to prove to God. He he just, he just chose him. And Bay, I love what you shared about the generations because you guys are experiencing the next generation, welcoming the next generation in your life with this (laughs) baby girl that was born right after church on Sunday. Yes, as we were leaving and we were in the parking lot, that's when she was born. Emily is born. Emily, so beautiful. And man, the legacy that you guys are providing. I mean, this is where it gets personal for us. These verses in Genesis 12, it was a blessing for, it was a promise of blessing for Abraham then. And now if we are in Christ, these promises are for us. (laughs) That he's going to give us these three things. He's going to give us provision. He's going to make a great name. Now, the name that we call upon is the name of Jesus. So we want to glorify Jesus, make his name famous in our lives. But as we do that, he, he blesses us and he blesses our children. And in your case, he blesses your grandchildren to then be about God's purpose. That's the third blessing to, you already talked about it, Attila, to blessed to be a blessing. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, Christ, before Christ, maybe we inherited some curses, but mm. now, through Christ, we will pass on blessings. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, let's look at these three here, provision, people, and purpose. Jose, one of the things you even specified on Sunday was just defining blessing itself, because I think not only in uh, maybe a secular context, people have definitions of blessing, but even in a church context, you can have different definitions. So maybe we start there by just defining what, as we look at God of blessing, what does blessing mean? Just yeah. even practically, what does that look like? Yeah, so that it's what God does, and being made in his image, all of us, all, all humans, then we have been blessed by him, given breath in our lungs, and we've also been given uh, a blessing to produce and to create and to, um, you know, bring God's blessing from heaven to earth. And to me, that that is an amazing privilege. But We'll talk more about this with the promise that God made, the covenant that God made with Moses and the Israelites, because he he uses the word blessing and cursing. And he says, if you obey me, you will be blessed. But if you disobey me, you you will be cursed. And the ultimate curse that they experience is they, they get kicked out of they get kicked out of the land. But in this case, God blesses. It's unconditional. That covenant with Moses is conditional on obedience. And again, we'll talk more about that in a few weeks. But this blessing is an unconditional blessing from God to allow us to participate in, in um, yeah, these, these, these three areas. God, God provides, and Jose, this question you had here on the first point of provision is, what am I taking for granted? That we all take a moment, stop, and ask that. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on just even, whether it's in America, whether it's in Serbia, how have you seen similarities just even to that question about how we approach our possessions, how we approach maybe the things that God has blessed us with? So I remember, I remember the story uh, from my life when the kids were little, and you know, when after each family meal, you have uh, crumbs and everything underneath, underneath the t- table. And I became really frustrated after each, you know, after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, I was cleaning up underneath the table. And I was really frustrated as a mom, you know, like when they will start eating normally, you know, not like little pig piglets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I was grumbling a bit and I was cleaning up again, again, and Suddenly, I just uh, felt convicted because, and I started praising God that God, thank you that we have food on the table wow. and that this way we can have crumbs under, underneath the table. So mm-hmm. thank you, God, for your provision. I was taking for granted, you know, the food that we have and I felt convicted. And since that day, I was just very grateful as I was sweeping up the floor. It's <laughs> a great story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, would love to hear just even more practical. I've, and the takeaway I just thought of is what are the things I'm complaining about? That may be another way of phrasing that question there. Of what am I taking for granted? What are the things that I'm either frustrated about or wish I had more of? I was able to hear your thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I mean, my, my answer is easy. In this season of my life, uh, my car has been in the shop for uh, four or five different times in the last few months. Till and Bay are actually driving this car. And so, yeah. Tilla, you asked me a question <laughs> when you first got in it. Hey, these, this light is, is coming. Up. Yes, coming all the time up. So should we do something about it? <laughs> and thankfully, I, I checked with the mechanic before because I wanted to give you guys a reliable car. Uh, but but you know, how often do 
do we take things that work for granted? You know, my car, when it was working fine, I wasn't praising God for all the things that, that, that were working fine with it. But once the, you know, once these visits, the shop increase, you, you realize you take, I, been taking my car for granted is my answer. (laughs) What about the value of community and the value of the church or just even family? How do other believers help us maybe shift our mentality going from complaining to gratitude and thankfulness and being content with where we're at? Have y'all seen just God use other people in our lives? How as believers can we even just encourage one another in that area? Oh, I heard so many times from Christians, you know, when when we were seeing our life, you know, and they were saying, you know, they would they they would say you know uh, it's a good luck or just uh, a good fortune. I said I don't believe in good fortune or luck. I believe in God, uh, who will bless our lives if we will receive it. You know, and just we are blessed, and that's uh, something uh, something else, something special. That is so good. And uh, we are there uh, to bless other people with the blessing which God put or put our on our lives. Yeah. I think another example, I'm just thinking, Abraham gave us an example where he set up an altar and just as a as visible representation of just worshiping God and thanking Him for providing the land for provision. And so I just think about rarely in the midst of my running from one thing to another, do I really stop and just realize, okay, like setting up an altar, just setting up a, just even just a list time. of yeah, up being able to list to out and say, thank you, Lord, for this, this, and this, you know, like it's, it's some people have a gratitude journal, some people have the different shapes and, and, and ways of doing this, but just taking that initiative and that time away because naturally our flesh we're not going to wake up and be like oh thank you lord for breath and thank you for the home you know like immediately we're trying to think okay what do i not have or what do i want and so just shifting that mentality having that discipline to do that is i love that you said that taylor because in context god gives abraham this provision this land to take care of but it's inhabited with other people so it's not empty land it's filled with other people that, that provide a threat to this promise to some degree, but that did not stop Abraham from putting the altar there. You know, he could have complained and said, well, this is my land. <laughs> what are all these people doing here? Or he could have come in and said, hey, everybody, this is my land. Get out of here. The creator of the universe has promised me this land. But how often do we get distracted with the things that, you know, want to take our eyes off of that blessing that that he's given to us. That's really good. That's really good. Let's jump into the second promise here, the second part about people. So we talked first about provision. Second here is people here, continuing in Genesis 12, looking at this. Jose, you had a slide that you put up. You can find this online. A little shameless plug, ccc.guide. Look up the slides there because there's this one slide in particular that you have listed out. Uh, 12 names that God gives us. There's more, but these are 12 that God has given us all throughout Scripture. We've got things like chosen, forgiven, justified, reconciled, free. Again, could go on and on. Why is this so important for us to go back to this? Because I think about multiple seasons in my life where the world, my own flesh, insecurities have tried to define who I am. That You can, you don't have to look far to find answers of, of what the world says about us. So why is it so important for us to go to this, you know, these passages and just go to the Word? Yeah, we often define ourselves by either our successes or our failures, but God defines us by what He's done 
for mm. us by, by this promise that he's given to us. And so we can be distracted by our success, you know, that's our ego, our pride, or by our failures. And those are our insecurities or maybe our inadequacies. We don't think we'll ever measure up. But if we focus on that, we miss out on the things that God has, you know, said we are, you know, the names that he's given us if, if we define them by our strength, not, not what he's done for us. And I also think it's very interesting that as we go through life, we go through different seasons and we have different battles in different seasons. So that's why it's so important that God foresaw it and he gave these d different names. So in one season, it might speak to me more intimately that I am forgiven. In another season, I am chosen. In another season, that I am his child. So it's like God knew that and, and foresaw the different season that I'm, I was going to go through. That's so good. I'd love to just ask y'all, what have y'all seen in Serbia when it comes to just the, the battle for identities, for the battle of purpose or worth in people's lives? Because I know some of that, you know, I think about in our context, whether it's, I remember first thinking about this in college, but also just in our, you know, culture and our context, but knowing this is also a global and really just a worldly battle that we all face. Oh, yes. Uh, our country, uh, you know, the, uh, it, I could say that it's, it's more, it's kind of religious, religious people are so religious and uh, uh, they, in their identity, actually, in, in the, is in the religion. So if I'm, if I'm a Serbian, I would be an Orthodox believer or, or Hungarian, oh, that would for sure Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's very hard for them to, to step out and to be open and free to, to, to accept Christ and to be really be, become free in their mindset, in their lives. So yeah, it's a, it's kind of a different story. Yeah, we, we have names that we call ourselves to here in this context, whether you're born a Christian. Uh, I'll never forget Bob Moss. He shared this story from the stage many times that he was in the Navy and someone asked him if he was a Christian. And he said, yes, because I'm American, you know, and all Americans are, are Christians. And we grow up with religion and then we, we miss out on this relationship that God's invited us to by accepting, you know, who, who we are in his eyes, thanks to what he's done for us. And, you know, what a mysterious and wonderful thing that God promises this man from the land of Ur all those thousands of years ago, that he was going to make him famous, that he was going to make through his family, he was going to bless the whole world. And so the fact that he chose us again, it goes back to his blessing we don't deserve it. And yet he so freely gives it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Attila, you mentioned just going through seasons and how there may be different times where a certain word stands out to you. Why is it so important? I think, I mean, we could read through this list right now and go, okay, that's who I am. But then you step outside and a circumstance changes or all of a sudden you just get caught up in the routine. So what are maybe some ways that y'all have continued to go back to the word and remind yourself of who you are, just regardless of what season you're in? Okay. So what do you do if you have a small church, not many believers around you. You are the pastor. You should be leading them, and you're down. And you're fighting with depression. You're fighting with, you know, your own struggles. What do you do? You just encourage yourself in the Lord. Mm. 
And you have to do that. You have to do that, not because of you, because of the others. Because if what if you you fail them, how how will they continue? So we've throughout the years we've learned, you know, we we've learned this hard lesson. We have to, you know, encourage ourselves in the Lord and go back to the Word, go back to His Word. That is what refreshed us, and that is what brought us through those those difficult times. Mm-hmm. It happened many times in my life, in my ministry, and, um, and I was doing so many times, you know, like uh, these those uh, pre parties, you know, mm. by myself, and and just uh, uh, why I don't deserve this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, God, and why, why are you? you know, this why are you doing? Why, mm-hmm. Lord, why, mm-hmm. why me? You know, why yeah. me? And then uh, the Lord just uh, reminded me and and saying, you know, go back to my word. Read my word, and when I, when I did that, you know, I just God just showed show, showed me, you know, the exactly who He is in my life in that period of time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great encouragement. Yeah. You, you said this on Sunday, Attila, that whoever reaps yes. will sow because it's what God said. Whoever sows will reap. Sorry, whoever oh. sows will reap. Yes, my bad. Whoever sows will reap. It's in God's timing. <laughs> yes, it's in that's God's for sure. way. But that's the promise. It could be you guys, your children, your children's children, go down the line. But what we do for the Lord and in the Lord is never in vain. And and that's very humbling. Mm. Thank you. Mm. For me to hear. Yeah. Mm. It is true. Yeah. I mean, that goes into this third part here about the purpose that God gives us that uh, whether it's looking at Abraham and he was not perfect uh, by any means and he made mistakes, but even just this theme verse that we keep going back to just in Timothy, just about uh, when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Second Timothy 2.13, for he cannot deny who he is. And so just that going back to that, but that significance of purpose here, Jose, your kind of question you asked is, am I choosing conviction over convenience? We'd love you to expound on that just a little bit and just practically, how do we, how do we answer that question just in the day-to-day and the the kids drop off and the work and the school context, just all the different ways. Yeah, I think this is the line because if you're just looking to be blessed, then you will meet a God who blesses you. But if you stay there, then the pity party will happen. And I've certainly been there where I ask myself, God, why? And, And you then make the father of blessing into this genie in a bottle that you're trying to please so that he can give you more blessing and you miss the command, the, 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 the true blessing. And that is to give it away, to be a vehicle of his yes. blessing. So the purpose is I am blessed so that I can be a blessing so that I can pass it on. And it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not about convenience. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only chosen son, Isaac, after he's been blessed with a child, now God is testing him and he's saying, okay, are you willing to offer him up to me? And Abraham's answer was yes. He did a lot of things wrong, but he did that one right. And it was because he had faith in God. And so for me, that, that encourages me because I can feel, you know, weak or I can feel, uh, you know, seasons of doubt. I don't, I don't see how God, you're going to do this or, or how you're going to do that. Well, if he, if he is calling you to do it, watch him, watch him, you know, meet you there. And, and, um, God expects us to be 
like as rivers, not as stale waters, still or stale, 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 stale. Yeah. yeah. Because if you stop flowing, if the river stops flow, stops to so flow good. out of you, then you become, you know, as a stale water, and and you be, <laughs> you will stink. <laughs> <laughs> you you will pass on bacteria yeah. instead of blessing. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's it's good to be blessed by the Lord, you know, and when everything is go well and you are just blessed and just, you know, enjoying your life and everything, you know, it's so easy. And it's so, in in those times, it's so easy to forget that you are blessed to be a blessing. It is. And as, as my wife says, says that, yeah, it's very important to to that that flow to be present and continuous. Yeah. And that you always have to be open before the Lord and not holding back mm. the blessing from others. Mm -hmm. And that blessing, sometimes we think of it as a financial you know, blessing, but that can also be as far as our time or what other things can we be generous in as far as our posture, like you said. Well, I think the most challenging one, Jesus talks about it in Luke 6, bless those who curse you. <laughs> oh. You know, love, love your enemies, pray for good for those that, that are not doing good to you. That, that's the biggest challenge yeah. because how, how do you do that to people that have hurt you, let you down? And, and the point, I think, <laughs> my conviction in that is that God knows that the void is his love. They don't know. When, when, when I hurt somebody, I'll take this personally. When I hurt somebody, I'm acting in my name, not in God's mm. name. I'm, I'm not I'm not being a Jesus follower. I'm being, I'm following my desire, my, you know? And, and so the, the answer, the solution to that problem is Jesus, his grace, abundant grace in wound and hurt. It's love and forgiveness. So it's hard to love those, you know, but that's our purpose here on earth. And we have a promise, which, you know, maybe we can talk about it. And that is eternal life where there will not be any more sin. <laughs> we won't be hurting anymore. There'll be rivers flowing and flowing in Texas. We won't experience drought anymore under the new heavens and the new earth. It's going to be really good. But until then, we have a job to do. Yeah. Well, what, what role does eternity play? Because that's a huge part that you just mentioned. But as far as this purpose, because I think some can lean, I have, my flesh tends to go this way where it is all about me and it's on me and it's my, uh, it's, it's my task to complete for the Lord. And I, I gravitate towards trying to earn his love, even though we know that it's unconditional. So how, how does eternity help in all of that as far as just reminding ourselves of the real role that we play in all that God's doing? Okay, I have this verse. I didn't include it on Sunday, but I'm including it now. It's Hebrews 11. It talks about Abraham's faith. Uh, and in verse 9, he says, By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Here's the key verse. For he was looking forward. This is verse 10. For he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. I think Abraham knew that this was not about him. It wasn't just Abraham focused, but but it was for a larger, you know, deal. And now the world is invited to live in that city 
through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the, the, the new heavens and the new earth that we will be living in eternity. There will be many nations represented, many tongues confessing that Jesus is Lord. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, we got work to do. And also it means that as we sow in this life and as I and as I am a blessing in this life, especially to those who I know I, they cannot pay me back or they cannot help me back when I help them when they are in need, I am sowing into my eternal life. So I will have rewards yeah. over there. And that's okay. That's, that's the greatest thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Abraham's living in a tent now in, in, in the <laughs> land, but... You know, in, incredible that on that same place that he was sacrificing his son Isaac was the the most magnificent building built for God here on earth, and that was the temple that hosted his holy presence. So that act, to your point, he was sowing into the future, and again, our future is with God's presence forever and ever. So, thank you guys for this conversation. I hope yeah. you had fun. Thank I sure you so did. Much. It was very encouraging, and looking forward to the next time already. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.